Hey, podcast world. Welcome to Spiritual Side Note. We are no longer in the hot tub. We are back in our closet. Um, Coming to you on whatever day it is you're listening to this. This is currently Thursday night for us. And um, yeah, we're a little tired tonight. It's been a long day. Yeah, it's been a long seven months. (laughs) (laughs) In case you didn't know, that's how old our son is. (laughs) Yep. So, um, but we are super excited to be here and to uh, be able to record this for any and all who participate in listening, mm-hmm. joining the conversation and uh, listening in. As we said before, this is a lot for us just to process and have discussion about things we're learning and where we're at. Um, but I hope that it encourages and or inspires you um, as we all are seeking to try to live like Jesus to the best of our ability. So that's what we're striving to do. And that's why we're having these conversations. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, something that happened this week that's honestly really exciting. It is really cool. We hit um, over a thousand downloads or listens mm-hmm. to the podcast, the Spiritual Side Note cool. podcast. Um, and that's a that's a huge celebration. That's really, really cool. Um, but it also just got me thinking about motives. Why do we do the things that we do? Um, and so that's what we want to talk about this week. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of what's behind um behind the decisions that we make or the things that we do, what's underneath the skin. Um, Because we can put on good fronts and we can make things look nice and pretty and it's for the right reasons. But really, what is it? Why are we choosing to do the things that we're choosing to do? Um, And this one's going to step on my toes a little bit. It's it's an area of my life that I've been challenged on a lot and a lot by Haley um, and a lot by God. And so... Um, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know Sometimes Haley say. was, was truly God speaking to me through her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I truly firmly believe that. Um, and so, yeah, this one's a little more raw. I feel like I'm doing better about this. Um, mm-hmm. but it definitely, it's like, man, this is, this is a hard one for me. This is something I continually have to, have to fight the reason behind why I do things. So, yeah. Do you have any thoughts jumping in or should I just like start by sharing an example for me? I mean, I have thoughts. Okay. Go for it. I do. Okay. What thought you have? Uh, so the first place my brain kind of went when you were just now talking about motives. I <laughs> I can't get over what I'm wearing right now. I'm wearing a unicorn onesie. Yes. <laughs> so I feel like I can't take myself very seriously. <laughs> I mean, Thank really, you, we should Amy never King. take ourselves No, that that's seriously, true. But, but um, I'm picturing myself in a unicorn onesie trying to do a podcast. <laughs> so thankfully, I don't have to picture it. I'm just looking at it. So it's funny because I'm closing my eyes like I can't see myself or something. But I'm still wearing the unicorn onesie and I can't actually see myself, you know. It's a giant anyway. gold star on the front. Yep. And little wings on the back and a <laughs> rainbow tail. <laughs> Anyways, so the first thing that was running through my head was I have positive and negative motives mm. for why I do things. Yeah. I don't sense that I have like one way that I'm motivated. Mm. 
Like yeah. I will do things out of a motivation to truly grow and change. And those are hard, hard decisions. And then I'll do things out of selfish motives. Like I want that thing or that relationship or to be invited to that thing. So I will like, I, I'm trying very hard not to do this now that I'm aware of it, but um, I would manipulate things for mm. years and I didn't know I did that in order to put myself in a position to be included or to, I would even pretend like I didn't know things that I already knew, like that sort of thing that was like a motive of protecting myself or um, trying to help me feel wanted or seen or something like that. So I, the first place my brain went was like, there's specifically two directions you can go in, positive, like God honoring, and then the... I think more duplicitous side or prideful idolatry side of like the motives behind certain things. So, and like I could go on and on about that in like areas in my life where I've seen both or do see both. But if you already have an example you wanted to share, I'd love to hear what you're going to say. Yeah. So, um, I was just going to share about, um, kind of back to, and I think I, I shared this whole story on the podcast already, but like when you were in Africa and um, God used you to challenge me of like my selfishness. And so um, for those wanted, who don't know, can you tell like the yeah, timeline, how long ago that was? Yeah. So this was six, seven, six years ago. Six. I don't know. <laughs> was it a year before we moved to Michigan? Because uh -huh, we were only in Indiana for like 10 months. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was six years ago this fall or this summer. Wow. Um, wow, yeah. Yeah, because we'll be in Michigan five years July. So, um, yeah, so uh, a little under six years ago, um, we were pursuing overseas missions. And essentially, um, Haley was like, I don't think we should pursue this. I don't think we should pursue ministry at all. We need to step away and work on our marriage. But one of the biggest things that came out of that conversation was for so long, I had this idea of what my calling was. Um, and to be a youth pastor in a local church in the United States, like it was kind of very specific like that. Um, when God never told me that he, mm. he called me to youth ministry when I was 13 and then reaffirmed that call when I was 14. But I had kind of created what I, what I thought it would look like in my head and what I wanted it to look like. And so I think there's a lot of motives, selfish motives of what I had imagined that calling would, how it would play out that, um, I, I would like drug my feet with, raising funds for overseas. And that's what caused a lot of friction in our marriage. There was other things too, but that was one of them that caused friction in our marriage was when we were fundraising specifically the second year. Um, I just, I like, I wasn't really in it. Um, while I wanted to pursue what God was asking of us, I, I really wanted this idea in my head of being a youth pastor in the United States. Um, I wanted that more. And so, um, I was dragging my feet and I wasn't being fully honest with that part of myself to say like, like this is, this is definitely a part of me that I wasn't willing to admit because that would mean like I'm, 
a terrible person or a terrible Christ follower because like if what I actually want and what the motive of my heart is actually to do the selfish thing rather than the surrendered thing, that's not good. And so I, I just kind of pushed that away a lot um, and never really admitted that. And then Haley called me on it. It was like, I think you're being selfish rather than surrendered with um, your call and what God's asking of you. And that's just like kind of resurfaced multiple times. There's been a number of different times where like I've wanted things for me, not for God, not for other people, but for me. Um, and, and it feels really, it feels terrible to say, but like, it's, it's honest and it's real. So I feel like I need to say it, but like, um, it's happened mostly within the context of church and my mm -hmm. role as a pastor that I want this human recognition or I want to do something that gets human recognition or gets me to ask to speak somewhere or do a youth camp or um, be offered something or whatever the case may be where it's like, man, if I do this well enough or if I do that, then people will notice me and then they'll thank me and then they'll ask me or they'll honor me or they'll whatever. It's just this idea to be, to be known. And, um, and so that was, that was a lot of motives for certain things. Now, like being a youth pastor really was an obedient call, um, mm -hmm. but it was different things within it. It was, I have to preach this message perfectly so that I get mm -hmm. noticed. Because if I just get up and I just, I just preach it and it's whatever, then nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to ask me to preach at their youth camp. Like, and so like the way that I went about things or the conversations I would intentionally try to put myself in or the things that I would say to certain people to get myself noticed or on their radar or whatever, like just trying to manipulate a little bit of the conversations that I was having with either other youth pastors or even back in college. I remember this, like fighting to get close to one professor so that they noticed me and, and they liked me because that would really set me up in my youth ministry. Um, gigs, you know, or whatever in the future. And so, um, that's one of the biggest areas where I would say like something that should be so pure and God honoring as being in ministry. I, I had just wrong motives and I keep having, and like I said, I feel like I'm doing so much better with this, but I just keep having to fight that. Like mm -hmm. I just, my goal in life, my calling in life, um, is first to Jesus first to be with him in right relationship with him to be like him and then my second calling is to people it's to love people well and i don't think that um god has these extra callings of like that you're you're a rock star christian if you get called to be a missionary or to be a, a pastor I think he calls rock star Christians into the workplace. I think he calls rock star Christians to do um, all sorts of, diff of different roles. Um, I do think there's a, there's a different level of accountability because scripture talks about that for those who are teachers of the word. Um, and so there's, there's weight to those things, but it's not like, oh man, Shay was a better Christian and that's why God called. No, no, no. It's, we're all called to be obedient and it's different giftings and different um passions that he's given us and and whatnot that we just need to be obedient in so i'm no better of a christian that is why god called me to be a youth pastor that's that's not at all the case but mm -hmm. just checking my motives and being aware of like why am i doing this um and i just have to fight for it's for jesus and it's for people 
it's for Jesus and it's for people. It's for Jesus and it's for people because Jesus was about people. Like, um, so if I'm about people, if I'm loving people well and, and making like caring for them or seeking to teach or invest or pour into them, then that's being Jesus to them. And then it's about Jesus at that point. And so, um, yeah, I've just continually had to, had to fight for, for those things, for those motives. Mm. So why are we talking about motives with this particular podcast when we reached a certain number of downloads? Because just, just so you all know, like, I don't look at that. I can't. I, well, I choose not to because it would change the motive of why I do this. I think, or it would be a temptation to change Mm -hmm. the motive. I have learned enough about myself and know myself well enough to know that I care um, or I'm tempted to care about what people think. Mm -hmm. And that if I looked at the number of downloads, it would either encourage me or discourage me and encourage me to keep doing what we're doing or discourage me to no longer do what we're doing. That was a very loud truck. Was that what that was? I couldn't tell if it was like an airplane or something. Um, we live near the Lowell airport, so there's like these little puddle jumper planes that will fly by and they're actually quite loud, but it's lovely. So anyway, I, I can't look at it. And I also don't listen to other podcasts aside from my sister-in-law's podcast. Um, because I, I feel like in this season of my life, it would potentially change the motive behind why I do this and the way I do it. Because I struggle with comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I know that is a, a motive, like, checker for me. So mm-hmm. I'm intentionally, like, staying away from those potential trigger points. But for you, like, what what was the point of you bringing up motive with this particular episode? Yeah, I think um, I wanted to bring it up because it could be easy to think that we are doing this for, for followers. Like, we mm-hmm. are doing this for for people to notice us or to compliment us. Um, and don't get me wrong, encouragement, I believe, is biblical. We need to encourage people, but that's not why we're doing it. We are yeah. doing it for people because mm-hmm. if people weren't listening, then this is just Haley and I in our house having a conversation. Which and, honestly is still really fun. Yeah, and we need to still <laughs> do that regardless, right? Like, yeah. But we felt like there could be enough um, encouraging, inspiring, helpful things that you and I talk about that could be a benefit to those listening. But it it truly is not, or we have to fight to not make it about the numbers. So part of me, like bringing this up, was just like, um, okay, this is a this is a natural benchmark, like a thousand. It's like a natural benchmark to like celebrate, and I do celebrate that because again, if people are being encouraged and inspired from this, that's mm-hmm. a that's a blessing, and that I feel like that's encouraging. Um, that we've been obedient to what God has laid on our hearts to do. Um, but like just making it known that like, that's we're we're actually fighting against that. Like I have to intentionally not do things on social media or whatever to try to market our podcast. Cause there's a part of me that wants to do that. Like, because we can get more of this or more of that, like from likes or comments or encouragements or whatever. Um, but that's not what it's about. And and part of why I wanted to bring it up was honestly for myself to call it out with whoever's out there listening this week to say like, I struggle with motive and I struggle with wanting to get likes or wanting to be liked. Um, 
and get human affirmation. So mm -hmm. if I call it out, I feel like it minimizes that pressure. Mm -hmm. It's just like, and it, it's almost like an accountability thing. Like even you mm -hmm. just to like say like, yeah, like I, I, I struggle with this and I'm, and I'm fighting that temptation to fight for human affirmation. And so like, just to let the air out of the balloon, like it's not a big deal. It's you and I having conversation and if it helps people, it helps people and that's awesome. But you and I are being obedient and yeah. obedience is what it's about. Mm-hmm. That's good. Thanks for being so raw. Yeah. It's in, not just encouraging what's the word. Y'all words are hard for me right now. Directions are hard. I went to the chiropractor today. He said, roll on your left hip sideways. I go to the chiropractor all the time. P.S. I literally laid there and I was like, which side is my left? <laughs> and you know what? I rolled onto my right side and he goes... Your other left. <laughs> I was like, oh my word. This is my life right now. Forget Athea quotes. We got Haley stories right now. This is fantastic. Can't think. Oh my goodness. Um, so yes, encouraging, but um maybe convicting or um like the encouragement to come out and be vulnerable myself, if that mm. makes sense. Like, yeah. yeah, I want to have likes too, which is a huge reason why I try to stay off social media a lot. Mm. Um, or when I do like start scrolling, like looking through people's pictures and whatnot, like there's just this immediate draw to change your motive. Mm. Like for anything, whether that is something that other people would see on social media or just in your own home, like, oh, should I be doing that? Or, like, my thoughts will just run and I don't even know it. Like, little thoughts. Like, oh, wouldn't that be nice if mm, yeah. dot, dot, dot. Instead of truly, like, enjoying the life that God has given me to the fullest. Mm. I think I'm doing that better all the time. And mm. I wouldn't change my life for anything, truly. Like, I, I w I'm reading this coaching book right now, like, on life coaching. And this one is specifically, like, on business coaching couldn't even tell you who the author was, so I can't give him credit. I do this all the time. All the people I randomly quote, thank you. <laughs> Just a generalized credit yes. right there. Um, and actually, in the chapter I was reading today, he was quoting somebody else. You can't remember about, their name either? No. <laughs> so, two degrees away more than, and doesn't matter. I don't Kevin know Bacon. what I'm saying. He's, Kevin, he's quoting <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Um, but this... This other man, and I don't know if he was just a business person or a coach or um, maybe a combination of the two, but they were talking about word pictures and how powerful those can be yeah. and how they can mimic other things in life. And this man's word picture that the author comes back to often is about a train and a station. Like life is like this train and we have this imaginary station we're getting to. Like, I'll be content when mm, this yeah. happens. Or, mm -hmm. like, once my kids are in college, once I retire, once I dot, dot, dot. And we will never arrive at that station because life is the train and the end is death. Like, there's, there's kind of no gap in between that. Like, truly, you have to choose to be where you are right now. Yeah. You will never arrive somewhere other than where you are right now, if mm. that makes sense. And maybe that's not what he meant by that at all, but that's what I took from it. it. was like, I do that sometimes. Less now than I used to, but like this, someday when 
I'll feel content. Someday if I had this or if my house looked this way or my clothes looked that way or I could finally purge all these things or if I could dot, 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 I would be okay. I would be content. I would feel good about myself. And that's just not true because the the roots of all of those things still exist inside of me no matter what station, quote unquote, I would arrive at. I'm still with me. So that transformation has to actually happen from inside and start right now where I am. So this motive to even hide like what my motives really are from Mm. myself or from other people so I can project my what I think should be my best self rather than finding out what my best self really is and truly being that person can just get you all sorts of wompy jarred and like a real wompy jarred. Yeah. I just made (laughs) Wompy Jard. Please let me know if you've heard that before, because I've never heard Wompy Jard. If not, then I am now making up phrases. Yes. I mean, I totally knew exactly what you meant. Oh, good. So you did well. So it made sense. But it can get you all sorts of confused and lead you into the cycles of death rather than life. And Mm -hmm. um, I honestly can't remember where I began that (laughs) entire train of thought uh you started with like the thanks for being vulnerable and, uh-huh. all, and like that's yeah that's cool and then you went into your own right. thoughts on it, so. <laughs> there's no coming back from that so we can now move forward okay we'll i edit can't that remember out, what then. i was actually gonna do Stop. i'm kidding <laughs> i said it because i wasn't gonna actually edit it out anyways moving right along um so but one of the things too with like motivation is like you you have to check at least for me, I think this is pretty universal, but like I at least have to check my motivation with so many things. So let me give another example of almost the opposite of rather than scaling back, I, I added something. So um, I, uh, I used to like have people come to mind and I'd pray for them. And I never wanted to text them because I didn't want the attention to be on me. Like, I didn't want it to be like, oh, I'm so awesome. I prayed for you. Like, you should thank me because I'm praying for you. And, uh, and so I would never text them like, hey, you came to mind and whatnot. And um, I think it might have been Jason, our lead pastor, who said, like, encourage that, go, that goes unsaid is an encouragement. It's just a nice thought or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, um, if it stays with with you, it doesn't encourage the person that you're encouraging. Right. So like, um, I started, uh, I think it was after that, but I just started texting people when I, when they came to mind and I actually prayed for them, I made Mm -hmm. sure to actually pray for them. Um, but then I would text them be like, Hey, just wanted you to know I was praying for you. Mm -hmm. Um, because I want them to know like God sees them and cares about them enough that he brought them to my mind to Mm -hmm. pray for them. Like that's, that's powerful when you stop and think about that. Like, and so I wanted to text people and it was kind of like a, you know, I I had to check the motive. Like, okay, am I wanting attention? Am I wanting recognition? I was like, no, screw that. Like I need them to know that God cares for them. And so um, I just started doing it and it's honestly been really, really cool. Like it's been really good just to be able to let people know that. And, um, and just a response of like, wow, thanks. I really needed that or whatever. Um, and it's way less, way, way less, virtually nothing to do with me and everything to do with their relationship with God in that moment. Yeah. Um, and so that's been something where it was rather than like, oh, my motives are negative. I need to scale back. It's like, no, this is actually a healthy thing. And I need people to know that God sees them and cares for them and I'm praying for them. Um, 
So just really just trying to check your motives in any and everything you do, even like when it comes down to for for me as a parent and sometimes as a spouse, too. But like as a friend, as a spouse, as a parent, like, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Why am I reacting that I, I think parenting brings out some of the worst mm. <laughs> in us in the sense of like with a, with other adult friends or roommates or spouses or whatever, they, they can catch on to those cues. Kids don't as easily so it's way easier to just kind of like say something or do something to manipulate a situation and be like uh, i'm so over this do this or whatever and you just like and but what's the motive behind that am i mm-hmm. trying to shut down something that's actually beautiful in our daughter that god's gifted her and i'm just annoyed and i want to react in selfishness and that's why i ask her to do something else or to change like or am i irritated because of something that happened at work and so my motivation of irritation or hurt or whatever from work is coming out in my home. And so really just trying to balance and understand and challenge my motives because Jesus was all about motive. He was all about the heart. Like if you think of the Sermon on the Mount, it was all about like you've heard this was said and he gave an action. Murder was wrong or adultery was wrong. Like these external things are wrong. Um, But then he challenges the heart and says, even if you're bitter at a brother, even if you lust after someone like it's already happened in your heart. You've already committed the external sin internally. And so he's just challenging the posture of our hearts and getting at our motives. And so um, it's while the behavior does need to change of certain things, whether it's sin or just unhealthy or negative coping mechanisms, whatever it is, like while the behavior does need to change, our heart posture has posture has to change like that's why that romans 12 gets quoted so much you know um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind like we have to be transformed internally so that our actions follow not transform the actions so our heart follows because i think if our heart isn't fully transformed then we'll just go back to whatever our heart was longing for in the first place Mm. but that's all it's all really good and I think there's a check even in, because um, I initially called them positive and negative motivation, but like motivators. But, and I, I'm really just actually spitballing, so don't like take this as the word of God unless he speaks to you through this and you're like, yes, I hear his voice there. But that I can even do things out of a, quote positive Mm. motivation but it's not the correct motivation so for instance um like how do i put this there are times i am motivated to speak differently to my child because i don't want her to remember that part of me rather than i don't want to speak that way to my child because that's not the way that god would speak to me Like, that's not the way God's heart would be postured towards me. Mm. I think those initial motives can point me back to the real true motive that that should be the foundation of what I'm doing. Mm. And by should, I I just mean if I'm truly surrendered into the heart of God and posturing myself towards him, everything I do can be an act of worship for him. And out of that, he gives me the ability to make these changes and do these things. But even like a, a positive motivator, let's say for like, if it was like a diet change, right? 
like maybe my positive motivator is I want to be able to fit into like for Haley, this is not positive motivation because I've struggled with eating disorders. Um, but I just feel like this is a super common one. Like we're going on vacation. I want to fit into this outfit mm-hmm. for yeah. vacation. Yeah. Maybe that feels like a positive motivator, but if there's not this like deep conviction as to why you're doing what you're doing, that act probably won't actually change your lifestyle. Yeah. It won't change your heart. Like the, I feel like the deep down motivator conviction has to be, I'm designed in like this way, whatever way that is. And I might not even know what that is. And I fully surrender it because it might not be the size I, I think I should be or that I want to be um, because God didn't create my body to be that way. But on top of that, like my body is a temple. So I want to act in healthy ways and be balanced, like eat really good, clean foods for my body that fuel me while also allowing myself like sugar every now and then and working out like the deep convicting motivator of like taking care of our temple not just so I can fit into that outfit because once I fit into that outfit like is my motive then going to shift into a negative place where I've met myself at a at a crossroads where I now choose an eating disorder ordered mindset to continue to fit into these things or then I'm like oh I did it I'm done but in, it didn't actually change the things that needed to change deep down. Like, I don't know if that's making sense to anyone, but I, I'm just sensing that there are these like good or positive, I'm quoting with my fingers, motivators that actually aren't the right ones that we mm-hmm. still do things out of mm-hmm. um, that won't actually truly change us mm-hmm. because they're not, they're not life um transformers like the heart of god is or his his word to us following after the convictions he places inside of us like obeying the covenant that we've committed to if we're followers Mm -hmm. did that make sense i feel like i'm kind of rambling so i think another way um to put it would be like somebody having maybe a good motivation to make more money to be generous right Mm -hmm. like it's like oh man if we made more money if i make more money then i can be generous with it but like what if God's not asking you to make more money? Mm-hmm. What if he's asking you and calling you into something else? Or, and this would be slightly different than I think what you're saying, but I've almost like tried to justify some things, like my motivation, like, oh, well, this would help the kingdom of God, but really it's just selfish. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's actually for me, it's for whatever. But like, but I could see things like that. Like, oh, if I make more money, then um, I can be more generous with it. Or if I, um, I can't think of another one right now, but like, (laughs) but yeah, where it's like, it's probably still a good thing, um, or could be a good thing, but if God's not calling you to do that thing, then it's not the right motive. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where you have to always start with obedience, um, and do the thing that God's calling you to do, because there could be a lot of good things. Like I could go into the business world and start a Christian business and employ people um, and and do a Bible study and, and reach people who are in the business sector. That's a good thing. But if God's not calling me to do that, then that's not the correct mm-hmm. um, calling. That's not the correct motive behind it. I'm doing that for whatever selfish or personal reasons that I would want to do that for. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think I get what you're saying mm-hmm. is what yeah. I'm saying making sense. Yeah. Is that kind of along the lines? Yeah, I was just maybe wording it in my head as you were talking, like if 
even if it's a good motivator, if God's not the central yeah. por- part of any yep. of this portion of it, yep. the central motivator, then those motivations can and will be skewed. Mm-hmm. Like he has to be, he has to be the one that you're listening to, the one that's yeah. motivating you, the convictor of your heart, the transformer of your heart. I keep thinking transformers, but like the one that's transforming you. And then those other things will potentially follow. Like if I'm motivated to speak to my daughter differently because that's what God calls me to, then hopefully that will show her like I'm a good mom or she won't remember me like quote unquote yelling at her all the time, you know, like that Mm, sort of thing, like that it will be a positive ramification, hopefully. Yep. Um, But then I think it will actually begin to change my character. Maybe that's the difference too. Like Mm -hmm. some of these motivators are just going to be behavioral motivator changes Mm -hmm. if they're not centered around Jesus or they're not coming from Jesus. That will be the character change that will provide the behavioral changes that need to occur. Uh, mm. And I think a lot of our motivation comes out of fear. Mm. Um, And so I think we actually have to address the thing that we're afraid of and call it out. And, um, and just ask for God to, to intervene. So something that I recognize, this is going to sound so dumb when I say it, but like, um, I, I wanted to be quote unquote successful and known like, and that's kind of what I was fighting for. When I go back to some of those unhealthy motivations, even within the context of my job, like I wanted to preach really good and be known as a great youth pastor or a great preacher to get asked to do certain things. And Haley one time asked me, this is probably two years ago now, um, but she was like, what, is, what does success mean to you? Like, when do you think you've been successful? And I thought about it. And um, the only way I could describe it was when I make the history books. Mm-hmm. Like, when I'm C.S. Lewis, A.W. Tozer, um, when I'm G.K. Chesterton or one of these D.L. Moody style preachers or um, uh, giants of the faith that, man, 100 years down the road, 200 years down the road, they're still going to be talking about things that I said and sermons or things that I, I wrote out or whatever. Like, that's when I know I'm successful. Um, and I think it came out of a fear of being forgotten. Mm. Like, I don't. I don't want to die and be forgotten. Like I'm okay with dying and going to heaven, but I don't want to be forgotten. I don't want, um, I don't want my legacy to die and I don't want to not be remembered. And so there was this fear that was kind of driving this motivation. And so we have to address the fear of what we're feeling. And and I'm just saying that because again, I think most negative motivations are out of fear. Um, you know, you, yell at your kid out of fear of them making you crazy or fear of doing something stupid or getting hurt or whatever. Or, um, again, like you, you have a motivation to fit in a certain outfit for vacation because you fear what other people will think of you if you aren't able to fit in that outfit or, um, you want to post the right thing on social media because you fear not getting enough not likes and not being seen by other people and having enough followers or whatever. And so, um, really checking the motivation. And I think, you and I have done this to each other, like where we feared who the other would become when we've been in unhealthy places in our marriage. And we've actually imposed things on each other mm-hmm. that were unhealthy out of a fear of what could transpire. Mm-hmm. And so having to be honest about that, like, 
yeah, I'm afraid that of of this. Like, if you keep doing this, that this will transpire, um, and then we can have a discussion around it because maybe that fear isn't really uh, justified by anything, but maybe it totally is. But like, we still got to work through it. Like, even if your fear of me doing something is justified, like that doesn't necessarily mean that. I have to completely change. I then have to go to Jesus and say like, okay, Jesus, what are you calling me to? Is this just Haley wanting something to change in me? Or is this you speaking through her? Is this you um, telling me something should change? And so um, just really, again, just checking those motives and combating fear. If there's any fear there, just like Jesus, just like cast that fear out and like replace it with love because fear is a powerful motivator, but that doesn't mean it's the right motivator. Mm -hmm. Love is always a stronger, better motivator. Fear is the second strongest motivator, I think. Um, But we have to replace fear-based things with love-based motives. And so just really searching your heart and asking Jesus to be like, am I I doing this out of a fear or something? And if I am, how do I do it out of love? Because maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's, or, or it's just, it's a, it's not a bad thing. It's a neutral thing. But like, what is Jesus calling you to do out of love for him and for people? And then pursuing those things, um, not out of fear of whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. So this one, like I said, I've had a lot of thoughts on this one because this was something I have had to battle and continue to battle pretty regularly. Um, even just the the fear of what other people will think about you, like not social media side, but just like singing in your car. Like, mm-hmm. do you not sing and jam out to a song in your car when you pull up at a stoplight because the person at the stoplight next to you is going to think you're weird? Like, at what level are we just afraid of things that um, we need to we need to let go of? Um, and there's there are healthy fears. You know, there's a fear of I, I think a fear of death is a healthy fear. It keeps us from um, doing stupid things in the streets or um, thinking we can fly off a cliff. Like, and those are obviously the extremes, but like, I think there's healthy fears in that regard of a respect of life um, and a respect of situations and um, powerful things like a fear of touching something that says high voltage. Cause you'll die. Like there's a respect. There's a, uh, yeah. Um, but I, but we can't be motivated by fear or out of fear or we shouldn't be, but we are too often. And so just addressing, addressing those things. But I know fear has been a big thing for you, Haley, of just like, we can't, Jesus calls us to not fear not. And like, we can't be fearful, fearful. Do you have anything else to add to, to that aspect? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, I can't remember if I've said this on one of our other episodes or not. So pardon me if I'm repeating myself two, three, four, five times. But I would have said about three years ago yeah, um, that I was afraid of everything. Mm. Genuinely everything. Like walking out of my closet, getting in the car. (laughs) I could have come up with something for every moment that I was afraid of. Afraid of heading into 
like work for these reasons or being in relationships for these reasons or driving because I might get hit or I might hit someone else or being in busy places, crowded places. Um, I, I mean, those all sound like, oh, kind of normal, but it was like down to everything, truly. So that weighed my life down to places I'm glad I experienced because now I experience the grace and love and freedom of Jesus Christ in a totally different way than I ever imagined. His salvation to me feels extravagant. Hmm. And I'm so grateful, so grateful for his patience in my life. But fear is a liar. There's that song that says fear is a liar mm-hmm. running out of breath or something like that. Is that, that right? sounds right. Yeah. The Zach Williams one. Um, yeah. I didn't even know who sung it. Thanks for giving <laughs> that shout out. Giving you credit, Zach Williams. Um, y'all, fear is from the enemy. The only thing to be feared is a capital T thing, and that's God. The reverence, the awe, the wonder of this holy God. Because 365-ish times in the Bible, he says, or it says, his word says, do not be afraid. Do not fear. I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Um, And that do not be afraid is a don't give your um, allegiance to anything else. Like, don't take your eyes off of me. I got you. And I, my eyes were on everything but Jesus. Mm, yeah. Like, I think, I think I loved Jesus. I think I wanted him to lead my life, but I was feasting on everything else. What people thought of me, what I thought of myself, my relationships with, um, not just other friends, but like my sisters and my parents and like anything perspective wise was totally skewed because of fear. I did things out of motive, fear motivators that were sickening to me, like actually making me sick, Mm. um, led me into eating disorders, anger issues, self-harm things. Like it, it is a path to death. Like it can slowly start killing you inside and then may eventually kill you, like make you so sick that you die or, or like two depressive places. And they're like, I, suicide has been, yeah, just remarkably high. Yeah. Um, and I think it is. It's linked to fear, what leads us to helplessness or hopelessness. And yeah, there's there's just this incredible freedom when we can hand over and renounce those fears. Like that just means handing them back to Jesus. Like, okay, Jesus, I trust you. There's nothing to fear besides you. And I have to do this like every day, all the time. This isn't like a one time, like, here you go. This is, <laughs> it's over. Like I handed it all over. It's a, a daily battle as a human in this yeah. world. Um, be, and for me, some of those fears, I think, have morphed and changed where I don't experience them as much. I like eating disorder wise, but with my kids, man, I battle that every day. Mm-hmm. That just becomes constricting around your heart and your spirit and your brain that when we can hand those things back over, 
and truly focus on the face of Jesus and what he's calling us to and stepping in what he's calling us to, that motive changes from fear to this freedom of like, okay, no matter what you call me to, I don't have to be afraid because you're in control. Like you're the one who has the victory. So even if this looks weird, if I do this in front of other people or say this thing or I tell the truth or I point this out or I change this in my life because I feel convicted about it, even though the people around me aren't like, that's okay. Like the, the motive of my heart is this surrender and love for Jesus Christ who gave everything for me and knows best and is leading me into places unknown to me, which is another like fearful motivator. Like, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Like the unknown, not understanding. Um, But if I can surrender like the, the unknown part, the lack of control part, and just walk into each step that he's calling me to, this is one of the positive motivators I was thinking of earlier is like these things I'm trying to do in obedience. Like my motive right now is obedience. Like I want to obey. Mm -hmm. I want everybody to know Jesus. Like what, what have I not been doing in my life out of a fear or even out of a lackadaisical thing of like, I was more motivated to do these things and accomplish these things. So I felt good about myself than to take the time to listen to the spirit and ask him where he wants me today and who he wants me to talk to and how he wants me to bring people to the kingdom or bring the kingdom to people. Like just there's a reorienting happening in my life in a way I've never experienced before because the motive is changing from me to him. Like there's just this motive to be totally surrendered in obedience and love to Jesus Christ. But fear likes to step in and and try to take those places and shift your focus. And it's easy to be there. Like, so if you're experiencing that, you're not alone. Yeah. No judgment from us. Like it is, it's a part of being human, Mm -hmm. but this is also the call out to, at least from us to you, I know we, we can't hear you right now, but like the accountability of, Hey, if you're there, like get accountability in these areas, find someone who can walk in these places with you and, and help you come back to like, what are your motives like for doing these things or what's, yeah, what God just check my heart. Like, you know, the motive of my heart, would you reveal it to me? Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for sharing. Um, yeah, so I think that's a good spot to wrap up for this week. So thanks so much for tuning in everybody. Mm -hmm. And, um, I really hope that this is again, helpful, inspiring, encouraging just to say like, we're all in this together. We're trying to figure it out, but we also all have to check the motives of why we do things. Um, and also not to live in fear of like everything you do, like, Oh, is this Mm -hmm. the wrong motive? Like you, that can even grip you. Mm -hmm. Um, but as you learn healthy motives and Christ-like motives, just to be able to walk in the freedom of like, I'm seeking, I'm striving. I don't know everything. And so I want to be humble if the spirit convicts or whatever of like negative moments, motives, or somebody calls something out in me, or if I'm aware of something, but like just striving to do your best for Jesus. But mm-hmm. like, um, so not living in fear of even your motives, but like just checking it, um, just being aware and being mm-hmm. honest about it. Um, and being willing to make the hard changes. Yeah. Like if you know, getting on social media 
There yep. are motivators there that need to not exist. Yep. Get rid Get of social of media. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Not walking as closely to the line as possible, but running the other way. Yeah. And once you create those gaps, I, there are definitely going to be withdrawal moments, mm-hmm. but you will sense the freedom and the health and it makes it easier to continue to make those, those steps into healthy yep. motivators or powerful love based motivators. Yeah. And not asking the question like, well, how much can I do? Like, what's yeah. okay? But the question is, how much can we become like Jesus? Yeah. How how set apart can we be? How other can we be? Not because we're all that, but because we're called to it. We're called to be like Jesus, and we're called holy. Um, to be holy as our Father in heaven is holy, and holy just means set apart. He has set us apart, and he set you apart to do his work because of the way he's created and designed you to be and to do and to live in this world. So be set apart in order to be used by God in, in a special way. Mm. So, But thanks again so much for tuning in. I truly hope you have an awesome week, and we will catch you all again next week. See ya. Later, everybody.